Hi, I'm Kirsten Galloway, and welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. This is a podcast for when you want to be encouraged by hearing someone share a struggle or a challenge that they got through and in the process discovered that actually I can. These are conversations with friends that are just ordinary people, but they're living their lives in an extraordinary way. And I'm so grateful to Lacey Canfield for providing the beautiful music you hear during the podcast. You can purchase her music for yourself on iTunes. The track you hear is Butterflies, and her album is O Tennessee. Welcome to episode five with my guest, Kristen Robbins. Kristen and I were able to squeeze in some time together despite the fact that she is uber busy with her work in the state legislature right now. We got together at her house, and I just wanna give you a little heads up that her sweet 14-year-old dog, Ruby, really wanted to participate. So you might hear her speak up in the background once or twice, so I'm sorry about that. Since the day I met her, this woman has been an inspiration for how she balances a million things and does it all with grace and humility and a sense of humor. I remember walking with her in a parade during her campaign. She literally had just gotten off an airplane from Poland where she and her family had run an English camp with their church for a week. She had hardly slept in two days, but you never would have guessed it. I'll never forget how, while the rest of us were leisurely walking the route, handing out candy, waving signs, Kristen literally ran, ran from person to person, crossing the road, back and forth, shaking hands, smiling, meeting every single person she possibly could on that parade route. And she never once lost her smile or her genuine enthusiasm. That is who she is. She amazed me then and she amazes me now and it's so awesome to have had some time with her to talk about how she got to where she is now. Listen in. Hi Kristen. Hi. Um, Welcome to Actually I Can podcast. I am enjoying this conversation that we've already started so we will back (laughs) up and start over. Um, You've had a busy day. You just came off the floor of the Minnesota Um, state of representatives. Kristen is a representative in Minnesota, a member of the House of Representatives representing District 34A in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis. So she's a really busy lady right now. What was your day like today? Um, It was crazy. A lot of phone calls this morning and then I got to the Capitol about 1130. The session started at noon. We got done right around four, I guess, today. Came home and just worked a little bit um, until you get here. And then I was had this to look forward to, so I'm so glad to have time with a friend tonight. Thank yeah, you. that's awesome. And thank you for fitting it in. And you said tomorrow you have meetings all day. All day, and then floor session starts at 5 p.m., so it'll be a late night. So, And last night I was on committees until 11. We did committees really late last night. So wow. it, we're in a special session right now. The regular session ended in May, and we're in a week-long special session. And so everything's really compressed, so it's really a lot of work in one week trying to get it all done so I hope we pull it over the finish line we'll see yeah no kidding wow um you know you amaze me because you're constantly on the go I follow you on many social media channels (laughs) and I'll be waking up and there's a post from Kristen having breakfast at the Lions Club and then at lunch she's doing something and then she's in session and then she's making a video about what just happened and what the governor just said and helping us all to understand that. She's posting it live and then I'm going to bed and she's 
at a dinner for a fundraiser for somebody. I mean, it's amazing. And then you have this beautiful family. Like, how do you how do you do that? You know, um, first of all, I don't. You're in my home. You see, there's a lot of things left undone here. So that's first. That the first thing to go is you know just dealing with chores and stuff. Um, and secondly, you know, my husband and my kids have been incredibly supportive. And my kids are older. I could not have done this when my kids were younger. But now my oldest is uh, 22 and lives in Texas. My middle daughter is uh, going to be a junior in college. And my youngest just graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. And so if they, they're all very independent and self-sufficient. And if that weren't true, I couldn't do this. But and I feel like it's Team Robbins. Oh, yeah. They're right? 100% supportive and helpful and pitching and... All the crazy things that have to get done, yes. And if we if we couldn't do it as a team, as a family, then I couldn't do it. Yeah. Because it requires everybody to be part of it. Yeah. To keep it fun also. And, and it's not just your family. I know a lot of people, like as you were campaigning, and one day I got to go knock on doors with you. Yeah. And it was so much fun to see all these people out knocking doors and handing out paperwork. And just to see you in action was so inspiring to me because you care so much about your constituency. You care, and I remember going to some doors where you knocked and they, the person just didn't want anything to do with it. And yep. you were so respectful and understanding and put your best foot forward anyway. And you, you made a great impression, despite the fact that they weren't interested or maybe they didn't agree with your agenda or whatever. And I see you doing that all the time. I think that's really cool. Oh, well, thanks. And thanks for being one of my early friend supporters. I mean, this was not something I planned on doing. And to, when the opportunity came up out of the blue, just to have so many friends and family members, including my parents, my parents, you know, were out there helping so much in the first campaign. And I'm sure we'll need them again. And my sister's family and so many friends and the kids' friends. I mean, it, it was really... a a, a true grassroots effort and I, I will never forget when I first announced you dropped off a red t-shirt or yeah you know top. nice yeah. top for wearing door knocking and I first of all I wore it to death but secondly every time I put that on because I still wear it mm. I'm just reminded of that encouragement and that um faith in what God was doing or might be doing, we didn't even know, and mm -hmm. um, and that friendship that you believed in me, even though it was like really un uncertain what was gonna Aww. happen. And so I still wear it, I had it on last week for something, and every time I put it on, I feel like you're here giving me a hug, Aww. so thank you. Such a privilege. So, okay, people are gonna wanna know, and I wanna know, because I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about um, when you were a little girl, did you, was this in your dream? I mean, were you in youth and government? Were you, was political science kind of your, your thing? How did, how did it all start? Yeah, you know, I did not come from a family that was politically active, but when I was in high school, um, I was interested in policy issues and I was in youth and government and I did girl state and I was in debate. And so through some of those experiences, I learned a lot um, and got sort of the bug. And then my, um, I think it was my junior year of high school, or maybe my senior, it must have been my junior year, I met the congressman from our district. I, I lived in Upper Michigan at the time. My parents moved from Crookston, Minnesota to Upper Michigan, and the congressman from our district came to my high school. And I remember he said, so if anyone ever wants to, you know, volunteer or help out, let me know. And I got his card, and I followed up, and so I ended up doing an internship in 
um, DC for this member of Congress after my freshman year of college. Wow. And so then I really got the bug, having gone to DC for the very first time and seeing what life on Capitol Hill was like. And then I decided to major in political science. And so spent a semester of my college years in DC, got another taste of it. And then so by the time I graduated from college, I decided I wanted to live in DC and work on policy. So I, I worked in DC first at a think tank and then on Capitol Hill for about three years. And um, like as an you know, aide or like what was it? So at, at the think tank, I was an assistant for someone in the international economics division. And then on Capitol Hill, I was first a legislative assistant. And then I became legislative director for a member of Congress from Illinois. Wow. So, and it was fun. I thought it would be the best job I ever had, you know, but yeah. then, you know, I met my husband and we decided to get married. And so I left Capitol Hill when we got married. So when you were there, when you were doing all those things, did you want to be an elected official or did you just really enjoy being involved in policymaking and um, sort of the Washington, D.C. vibe? You know, when I was younger, right around the time I left Washington, I had thought about, do I want to run for office myself? Um, but then, you know, it's a lot of work. And and I had other things I wanted to do in life. We were getting married. I wanted to have a family. And so then I didn't really, I, when I was in high school and college and early in my 20s, that was sort of a dream, but it kind of sort of was set aside for mm -hmm. a long time. I didn't honestly really think about it actively anymore. I always thought, mm -hmm. okay, that's over. That stage of life is over. Now my role will always be volunteering. I had kids. I went to grad We First I went to grad school, then we had kids. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And through all those years of being a stay-at-home mom, I continued to volunteer a lot in different mm -hmm. campaigns mm -hmm. or different policy areas. Um, just because I enjoyed it and it was a great way to keep my brain active. But um, it never occurred to me I would do more volunteer. Really? Yeah, because, you know, your kids are everything. And yeah. I love being a stay-at-home mom. I never thought I'd do anything else. And mm -hmm. so I really thought that was a, a nice dream from my younger years, but it didn't occur to me I would ever kind of go back to this more active life. How did it happen then? Yeah, well, I volunteered a lot and kept in touch with the people I volunteered with over the years. Um, and so one of the uh, key things I did after um, having worked for a former, volunteered for former Congressman Mark Kennedy, when he left office, he and former Congressman Tim Penny decided to start something called the Economic Club of Minnesota, which is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And I knew both of them. And so they said to me, why don't you run this for us? And I said, oh my goodness, I've got three kids. I'm not interested. They're like, we each had four kids. You can do it. We'll be flexible. <laughs> do it from home. It's fine. And so I said, well, I'll start it for you, but I won't run it because I've, you know. Oh, really? So, um, but then I started it and I did run it. And I ran it for 10 years, the first 10 years. And it was great. And they were true to their word. It was very flexible. I could do it around my family requirements. And um, so that was great and getting back involved with them, you know, led to more opportunities to meet people and I continued to volunteer with a lot of local campaigns and then kind of suddenly in 2018, in May of 2018, um, the rep who had been in our, our district, Representative Joyce Pepin, announced stepping down just a few days before the end of the period when you can get a name on the ballot. And so a few people called and like, you should think about it and I was like, I have no bandwidth for that. That was your Lauren 
and Kylie were graduating, yeah. you know, our daughters together. And um, I'm like, I've, I can't even think about it, you know. But we did think about it, pray about it, and, and the kids and Brent were really supportive. Um, so, like, I didn't really have anything to lose, right? And right. So, so we just felt like, okay, it's now or never. I was 50. I turned 50 that year. And we're like, okay, let's see what God does. And so we wow. jumped in, and you know the Robins. So once we say something, we're all in 120%. <laughs> Absolutely. So the yeah. whole family, you know, worked really hard. And um, so it worked out. I was fortunate to win, and I'm, I'm so fortunate to be able to serve. It's a real privilege to be able to mm. serve the the people of Rogers Dayton and Maple Grove. So yeah. It's something I, I really take seriously. You do. I've seen you in action, and I love that about you. Um, one word that comes to mind when I think about you is this word, and I'm going to spell it for the listeners. It's Sisu, and it's spelled S-I-S-U. <laughs> Kristen and I both have Finnish heritage, yep. and it's a word um, that Finnish people use, and there's really no exact translation other than it's sort of this grit like yeah. this never give up this spirit of I can do this despite this it's kind of like actually I can right, right exactly I actually I just, that's just occurring to me this very second but um this inner strength and I think you had that to get through a campaign a campaign is just like this incredible experience that I don't know I, I wouldn't really even understand it being an outsider but just kind of looking in um, what, how would you describe a campaign? Like, how would you describe it for somebody? You know, it's sort of a sprint and a marathon at the same time. Mm. Um, every day you have an unbelievable amount to do, but you have to work that hard for months. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like, oh, just a long weekend or a busy week at work. It's like for months. Um, but, but I'm an extrovert, and I get so much energy from being with people. So I, there are some people who campaign who don't really enjoy door knocking. I actually love door knocking because I get energy from talking to people. Um, so, so that was really fun for me, being out in the community and going to all the different public events. And this year it's actually sad because we don't have parades. We don't have many community oh, events. Yeah. They're, you know, people aren't super comfortable with you door knocking. So this year I think it'll actually be harder for me because a lot of it will have to be more social media or digital. And I will really miss that face-to-face -face interaction. But mm -hmm. um so I did get a lot of energy from just being out there. But the harder part was coming back after door knocking. We door knocked till sundown. So in the summer, it was like 9 or 9.15 or so. And come back and work for a couple hours on, like, where are you going to put lawn signs or fundraising or emails you have to keep up, all of these things. And, you know, we're it's just our family, right? Yeah. So we don't have professional staff. It happens or it doesn't happen, and right. it's up to you. So, yeah, but I had great friends volunteering great support um, and you know my college roommate and her husband took on managing the lawn signs mm -hmm. and the parades and mm -hmm. my sister really helped with the parades and so different people picked up different pieces as we got busier. I had a friend who would just bring dinner over. No, she would just have it in her heart. Wow. You guys are not eating well and she'd drop food off and you know or I had another friend who came and helped me organize an, a home office so that I could keep track of all the questionnaires and all the filings and so different friends just came alongside, and honestly, we could not, we we couldn't have done it wow. without wh whoever God put it in their hearts to to call us and help. And 
you know, I got, I quickly got over my pride, which was hard <laughs> at first, but then I'm like, of course I'm overwhelmed. Please help me with this, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we took all offers of help. <laughs> well, it's cool because then people really feel like they're part of it. Right. And part of, of what happened and part of the process is exciting. Like, I don't know. I, I liked the part that I did. I thought it was really fun and exciting. And then, of course, when you won, that was icing on the cake. Yeah. And I'm so glad you did. You're Thank such you. a good voice for Minnesota. Um, what surprised you the most about, okay, so you're in office. What, what surprised you the most about being an elected official? That's a hard question. I, I kind of knew what I was getting into more than most because I had worked in Congress. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and when my kids were young, I had worked at the state legislature for about two years working on education reform issues. So I had been around the state capitol and kind of knew my way around um, policy. I, I think one of the most surprising things is it's very different being a staffer or a volunteer than the member. Mm. Um, so it's one thing, the staff are incredible and they work really hard, and I did too when I was a staffer, but it's different when you not only are working as hard as the staff, but then you also have to attend all the ribbon cuttings and breakfasts and other meetings because mm -hmm. people always expect you to know the answer. And I've just honestly taken the approach of saying, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I'll find out and mm -hmm. I'll talk to our professional staff or I'll talk to other people in the community. And I, I find like rather than try and um, fake it till you make it, which is kind of a thing, um, I just say, I, I don't know, but I, I, I need to know and I'll get back to you. And, and I feel like that's yeah. given me a lot of freedom to just be myself and not try to feel like I have to have all the answers. Um, so well, I've seen you stand up in in um, in Congress and talk to your fellow members. I'm just really impressed. You're so articulate, and it probably, probably comes from years of being in the public eye in different ways. How did you get that skill of and and I feel like you know it's a little bit scary to speak up sometimes, and you know you're on camera, and you know all these people are listening to you. Like, do you ever get tongue tied? <laughs> do you ever? I don't know. What's that like? Yeah, you know, first of all, it's funny to hear you say that because my impression is usually I'm not very articulate. So, <laughs> so um, hopefully the, the only things that get put out there are probably the ones where I do better because there is plenty when I muff it up. Um, but it takes practice, just getting more comfortable. And also, um, I try to choose when I speak. I don't, there are some members who speak a lot. I, I personally try to just speak on the things that have been before my committee or that I have a personal background in. Mm -hmm. um, so having some level of comfort with the, with the material is important. And then also, also I just feel like I, I, don't, I never think about being on camera and so I make mistakes all the time. And then it, like the, the other day this happened where now they're, they're starting to tape our Zoom meetings, which I didn't realize. And then you'll see it on the news later. So the other night, I was literally so frustrated that I like pulled up my hair like, are you kidding me? And, and then I realized, oh no, somebody can make a clip of that. I don't know if they will. Anyway, it's so, so I'm, I'm really never cognizant that I'm on TV or that it's happening or being recorded. It's more just being passionate about my points and hoping mm. I don't flub it up. But I certainly do. And... I've just had to learn to get over it because when you're there every day, you see that other members make mistakes too. And right. So we're all just doing our best. Sorry, that's my dog Ruby wanting attention. But you've made friends there that you maybe that you didn't expect. Oh yeah, I have great respect colleagues on both sides of the aisle. Whether or not we agree with each other on policy, 
We definitely understand that everyone's there with the best of intentions to serve their constituents and make Minnesota mm. a better place. I really feel that way towards my colleagues. I mean, we may disagree sharply on policy, mm -hmm. but I really think everyone is there trying to serve to the best of their ability. And we try to look for some common ground. It's hard, honestly, um, but, but I think that spirit of goodwill towards each other is there. Some I, I don't know if you remember this scene from Monsters, Inc., but there's like a, a thing where they fight all day. Yeah. And then they walk out together at night. Oh, how's your day? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I, I often feel that way when I'm in the Capitol. Like, we have oh, these funny. strong disagreements. But then at the end, we're like, oh, how are your kids? Or, you know, whatever. Oh, I love and that. And so I, I actually mentioned that to a colleague once, and he had not his... He's a little bit older than I am, and he missed the Monsters, Inc. thing. So he yes. was like, what are you talking about? Someday I'm going to find that clip and send it around us. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I love hearing that because as an outsider, you just think it's all, like, infighting and, no. and anger. And I think that actually gives me some peace of mind to hear right. that. Yeah, and I want the public to know, like, there is hope. Like, we really do are collegial and look out for each other. And, you know, if, if someone has a, a problem in their family or a health issue, we really do show care and concern for each other. And it's genuine. Wow. I love that. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. That's cool. Um, one of the things I remember about you, one of your famous lines, and I told your daughter this the other day, and she didn't actually remember it like I did. <laughs> so I hope I get it right. But it was, you were speaking at... Um, so we have daughters that graduated from high school the same year yeah. and you were speaking at their senior chapel and you said something ride loose in the saddle mm -hmm. and i had never heard that it just seemed to make so much sense to me yeah. do you want to explain what you meant by that or it was that part of your experience or how did you learn that lesson in life you know it was a saying to me from a mentor i had in dc who um Back in my college years, in my early 20s, I was a very driven, linear person, and I had my five-year plan, and this is what I was going to do, and this is how it would go, and of course, life and the Lord intervenes, and things don't work linearly mm -hmm. at all, which for people like me, that's a good lesson to learn, but mm -hmm. it was difficult, especially when I was younger. And so one of my mentors, I was expressing this frustration about how, you know, I have this plan and it's not working and what is going on here? And he, he's the one who said to me, his name was Jerry Herbert. He said, learn to ride loose in the saddle. Let God direct you and don't be hanging on so tight to your plan. You're missing what he wants, the path he wants you to find. Mm -hmm. And that always in my linear control mindset, I try to... Um, to uh, just remember. There are a lot of challenges being a state representative. What is the biggest challenge that you're facing maybe recently or maybe when you first started? Is there something that when you look back, you think, oh, that was tough. That was a tough one. You know, it's really, that happens a lot, honestly, more than I expected um, because you work so hard on something and either it's misinterpreted or gets changed substantially because you have to negotiate between the house and the house uh, both parties, but then you also have to negotiate with the Senate both mm. parties, mm -hmm. and then you also have to bring in the governor or the administration to make sure they'll agree to it. So by the time it's all said and done, <laughs> what your original idea is 
will be very different. Uh -huh. And so again, sort of being a control type A person, letting some of that go and, and accepting some of the compromises you wish you didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Not on moral issues, clearly I would not do that, but there's a lot of things where, you know, you have this idea, but they have that idea, and each of you really think your idea is better. Well, how do you mm -hmm. blend them so that both sides will support it? Um, and so I'm learning how to, how to do that, and mm -hmm. I'm learning how to work with my colleagues. Um, but th then there are days where you feel um, disappointed mm -hmm. and, or you feel like, you know, mis misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. um, and those are hard days, yeah. but it's worth it. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know how long I'll get the opportunity to serve, but whatever that is, I want to give my best for Minnesota and hopefully make a, a difference. And, and if not, if I don't get many bills passed, um, then I want to have made a difference in the in the relationships and the culture at the Capitol. Mm. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe no one will remember I was a legislator. Maybe none of my big ideals will be passed. But if I can mm. um, be a friend, if I can be an encouragement, if I can be light, if I can um, help uh, bring um, people together, if I can show people that I care about them, even if we disagree, you know, maybe that's all it is. I always. The, the one thing my kids will remember, I always say, is our, our job is to bring our little loaves and fishes mm, and then ask and say, here you go, Lord, and whatever he does with it is what mm -hmm. he's going to do with it. But that's what I bring, and then he, it's up to him. It's your so, offering, yep. your daily offering. I love that. Um, if, you, if you were to be able to talk to that girl who was in youth and government and had all these ideas and was enjoying the idea of working in Washington, D.C., what would you tell her now? Oh, my goodness. The great thing is about this job is yeah. that I get to talk to those kids. Oh, so I've talked yes. to the youth and government kids, oh, and I've talked to the Girl State kids, and honestly, that is so, one of the most fun things. But I do get to talk to them, and I tell them to always pursue their dreams. I say it might whatever dream they're holding on to, whatever made them go to youth and government or girl state or all these different programs, whatever that is, hang on to that. And it might not happen in five years or 10 years. For me, it took till I was 50. But keep finding ways to engage in what your dreams are. Volunteer, learn, um, be part of a bigger group, whatever that looks like in whatever dream you have, continue to pursue and develop skills and connections. And then just wait, the Lord may do it, you know, and yeah. he may not, but he'll, he, those dreams he puts in our hearts are never wasted. Yeah. So if it's not exactly what you pictured, it'll come out in a different way that surprises you and blesses the world. It says in Psalm 37, four, that, um, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And at first, you know, when I was younger, I think a lot of younger people think, oh, that means He'll give you what you want. But no, what, what it really means is that He will put in your heart the desires that will, He will use to bless you and bless the world. And so He will put in your heart those desires. And so if He's put desires in your heart, they're there for a reason. And so keep pursuing those dreams, keep finding how you can work that out because those desires are in your heart for a reason and it's from the Lord. So. 
I wish I would have known you when I was a little girl. Think of what I could have accomplished. <laughs> well, but back then when I was there, I was like type A. Someone had to tell me to ride loose in the saddle. So, right? I yes. didn't have it figured out then. And yes. not that I have it figured out now. Who knows? But yeah. Oh, you just have such positive energy. It's not surprising to me that you are doing so well and representing um, Minnesota and all the people. And I'm so thankful to be your friend. Oh. And um, is there anything else you want to share before we finish? Well, I'm so thankful and blessed by your friendship. And sitting here across the table with you, I just want to cry. Like, Aww. we've known each other since our kids were little. Yeah. And to see all that you have done in your work professionally and with your family. And I know your heart for Peru and ministry. And now you're doing a podcast, which I think is amazing. All I can say is to all the people who listen to this podcast, you need to have Kirsten's story heard. Oh. And somebody <laughs> needs to interview her because her story is such a blessing. And, and just how you pursue the Lord and how you are following your dreams and the dreams he puts in your heart. It's not dreams just from when you were little or from mm -hmm. when I was little. It's, yeah. He gives us new dreams. He gives us new oh, things. Yeah. And that, I think, especially in this time of COVID, I know that the podcast came to you in this yes. time of COVID. Yes. And that, you know, that to continue, whoever's out there listening, continue to be faithful with what he get, puts in your heart. Because there's a reason it's there and it's, it's to bless the world somehow. Amen. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So from Girl State to the state capitol, with all the grace and love for others that you hear in her voice, she is the real deal. And I truly hope she will be serving Minnesota for a very, very long time. This lady is a joy. And she is 100% right when she says, God puts dreams on our hearts and provides the strength to find out that actually I can achieve those dreams. Thanks for listening in everyone. This is actually the fifth and final episode of our first season of Actually I Can. And I have to give a huge shout out to my daughter, Kylie Galloway, who is the creative, talented, very, very patient producer of this podcast. Hey, don't despair. There's a season one bonus episode in the works that has a little different flavor than these conversations, but I think you will enjoy it. Also, hey, I have loved recording these conversations. I've been praying about whether to continue and I've decided that, yeah, I am gonna embark on a second season. I'm so excited for the first guest of that second season and I promise you, you will not wanna miss it. So watch for it after the 4th of July. You can follow me on Instagram at actuallyican.live or subscribe on your podcast app for notifications. Thank you so much for listening. You know, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to leave a comment, or send me a direct message on Instagram or find me on Twitter. If you want to leave me some stars or share an episode with a friend, that would be even better. In the meantime, I wish you many Actually I Can moments.